Hello, on this edition of the Author Archive, two sisters, two famous sisters, one known as an actress, one known as a writer. They are the Collins sisters. Joan Collins once said to me memorably, life's a bitch, so why not behave like one? Uh, But her sister Jackie was altogether more user-friendly. I spoke to her when Bill Clinton was still president of America, and she was talking to me about what was then her new book called Thrill. Lots of people were sort of scandalised by Jackie Collins' books, and I think she sort of enjoyed that. She liked to shock. So I asked her if that was her primary objective. No, and you know, the interesting thing is today that I get reviews where the people carry on about, oh, gosh, Jackie Collins writes these people. They can't possibly exist. How can people behave like this? I guess they've never read about President Clinton which I find completely bizarre because, you know, the things that go on in the real life and the things that go on in fiction, well, I tone it down because if I wrote real life, nobody would believe it. I mean, if, if I wrote a 52-year-old president unzipping his pants for every 22-year-old girl that passed him by, nobody would believe it. This is Jackie Collins' bizarre character. But you don't write about politics. You write about showbiz, and they're very different. Politics and showbiz like that. I mean, don't you think he always comes to uh, California? Why do you think he's there? For his health? I mean, he comes to look at the beautiful girls. Rock stars get into the business because they want girls. Movie stars do it for the same reason, and so do politicians. (laughs) Sex is the great drive. Sex is the great drive. Is that the impulse that pushed forward your career? Actually, no, because I don't think I write a lot of sex. I think that I'm a good storyteller, and you become interested in the characters. And I think when you're reading my characters, obviously, unless they're nuns or priests, they're going to have sex lives. So you're interested in their sex lives because you're interested in the character. But if I just wrote sex, I wouldn't have had this career that's gone on for so long. And Thrill, which just came out last week, uh, is perhaps my best-selling book in England of all time for me. I mean, it's great. It's number three on the bestseller list already, and it's only been on sale half a week. Have you had to change your style over the years? I don't think so. I, I don't do anything I don't want to do. I just write the books I want to write, create the characters I want to create. And I have never followed trends. I mean, people uh, about a year ago were saying, well, you know, uh, glamorous books are over. Now, you know, it's all uh, kind of uh, women who can't get men. Well, I don't relate to that. I write the kind of books that I relate to, the kind of people that I mix with, the kind of people that I've seen. I like writing about the people in Hollywood who have everything and the people who have nothing and the people who want it. That's kind of the story that I like to tell. And I think that there's room for all of us. There's room for books about, you know, girls who can't get guys, girls who have too many guys, and everything in between. Has anyone ever suggested to you that you should write one of these self-deprecating novels, or even an Arga saga? No. In fact, um, I don't think my publisher knows what I'm going to write next. He once said to me, wouldn't you like to write a kind of gentler book? And I wrote a book called American Star. And that was a love story. And that was enough, because I I don't want to write a gentler book. I like to write about these edgy characters that I create in my own mind that are based on the real thing, so that when the readers pick them up, they are playing a guessing game. Oliver Stone came up to me uh, at the Oscars, and we were talking. And he said, hey, you know, I'm reading Thrill. He said, and that director is totally crazy. And I said, Oliver, he could never be as crazy as you. (laughs) And he kind of laughed. So that director is, is someone you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely somebody I know. The, the crazy director, the drugged-out movie star, 
who's in and out of drug rehab, the uh, very feisty woman who's trying to produce a, a very low-budget movie, and Lara Ivory is based on people I know. She's this incredibly glamorous, gorgeous movie star who can't get a date because she's too beautiful. Men are totally intimidated by her. You see, that seems hugely improbable. It's not improbable at all. Think about it. Would you take out Michelle Pfeiffer? Probably once, but would you like to be Mr. Michelle Pfeiffer? Would you like to get out of the car and everybody's screaming, Michelle, Michelle, over here? You become kind of like a cipher in the background. But that's what happens in the book, isn't it, where you say men don't make good second fiddles? No, they don't, because men have very fragile egos, and they want those egos built up all the time, quite rightly so, because I think men have a tough time of it. They've got to be the one that... I mean, they've got to get it up in every way, so their egos are very fragile. And I think that um, women should cater to that in a way to make men feel better about themselves. And if you're a very famous woman like Lara and a very beautiful one, she has a tough time because she's got to keep her career on track, but she's also got to keep the man feeling good about himself. And then she meets Joey Lorenzo, the bad boy. And women love bad boys. So we don't know if he's bad or good. As you read the book, you have to... And she's also being stalked by this crazed female paparazzi. But, you know, you look at me and, and you kind of laugh a little bit. It's all true. Could I write President Clinton? I don't think so. I would be laughed off the page. What about the downside? In this book, you have this ugly, big photographer who's a stalker. Does this really happen? A lot of stars uh, are attached to stalkers. And um, it's very sad and very frightening. And the thing is that uh, the other day, you know, Tom Cruise was taking his kids to school and he was followed by two cars full of photographers and he called out the police and he said, I'm being harassed. And they sent out the police to kind of get rid of the photographers, but it could have been a stalker. It could have been somebody with a gun. I've been held up with a gun. I've had an Uzi machine gun in my face and somebody saying a line to me so corny that I couldn't even write it, you know, like, uh, uh, don't move the B word or I'll blow your effing head off. And I'm thinking to myself, as he's saying this, and as I've got this Uzi in my face, I'm thinking, wow, if I wrote this dialogue, they'd say, no, that's too right on, that's too corny. So you, you have to be careful, because is it a stalker? Is it somebody just out to rub you and kill you? You don't know. But this can happen in any capital city across the world. It's not just Hollywood. What about you? Does fame give you a thrill? I have a great kind of fame. It's not a very visible fame. People know who I am but the book is between me and the public. So they won't come up to me and say, oh, you're Jackie Collins, I love you, you're wonderful. They'll come up to me and say, oh, you're Jackie Collins, I love Thrill, or I loved Lady Boss, or I love the character of Lucky Sant'Angelo. And then they'll get to talking about the book, and it's not kind of a personal fame, it's a more subliminal fame, and I love that. I like that a lot. Jackie Collins was talking to me the end of the last century. She was born in 1937, and died September 2015 at her adopted home in Beverly Hills. Now, Dame Joan Collins was Jackie's elder sister. She was born in 1933, and I spoke to her when Second Act was published. This again was in the last century, and Second Act was her autobiography. There'd been an earlier one, but she hadn't done so much living then. And she was in the news because Random House was slightly starstruck about this actress, this British actress, who'd made such a splash in Dynasty, or Dynasty, as they had called it. They were slightly starstruck. And they gave her a multi-million dollar contract to write books for them, Random House. 
Joan thought this was a wonderful idea and wrote books. There was more than one. She wrote books with a plural and submitted the manuscript and uh, Random House said no. These aren't good enough. She took them to court and she won. So when I spoke to her, she was, I suppose she was full of the philosophy that comes of being a very smart and beautiful Dame Joan Collins. By this time, Joan Collins was presenting herself, well, actually, as if she was a royal. I think it's extremely important that you believe in yourself. Uh, you can't see yourself through others' eyes, because if you do, then you will constantly be tainted by the negativity that uh, one gets. Um, as an actress, as a person in the public eye, I've had an, a huge amount of negativity thrown at me. Um, I, often, I think, possibly more than anybody except Fergie. Um, so uh, it, it has to be I believe in myself, I who believe in what I can do or my talent or my um, goodness as a person or whatever, and not what, is, what somebody else believes or perceives. So um, it is important, it's, it's most important to believe in yourself because if, if you allow yourself to, be, to take on the opinions of others, then you are just going to be a jellyfish vacillating because some people like you and then you'll meet somebody the next day who doesn't. Joan, people go mad over you. Why do you think that is? Oh, probably Dynasty, I would say. You know, I was in a very successful um, series for eight and a half years. Um, but, again, I haven't been in that series. It's been off the air for seven years, and um, often it doesn't work that way. Uh, maybe people just like me. They like me. When you were a little girl, you say you didn't want to be a star, and now you are one. What do you think that little girl would make of the woman you now are? I don't know. I just went to visit my old school, Francis Holland, and um, it was very interesting because I met a lot of girls who were in my uh, girls, uh, <laughs> women who were in my class with me. And one of them said, "Do you remember you were playing? You were doing a school play called Alcestis, which is some kind of Greek tragedy, and you were sitting on the stage. And I remember you said to me, 'I'm going to be a very, very famous film star one day.' She said, and you were 14." or 15, and I said, no, I don't remember that at all, because actually I didn't want to be. I wanted to be a stage actress. I wanted to be the second coming of Pamela Brown or, or Vivian Lee. I didn't want to do films. That was, say, the, act, the first act of your life. Then there was all the act in the second act, and that's the title of the book. What do you think will be the perfect third act? Again, David, I don't really very much put myself into the future. I live each day very much for, uh, for as it comes. I, I don't know what's going to be happening to our so-called civilization in the next sort of 20 or 30 years. I, I don't think much of what's happened to it in the past 20 or 30 years, in, in actual fact. Um, so I don't think that I can really make resolutions about what my life is going to be. I hope it's going to be as good as it's been up to now. And I think that if I um, can remain as active um, and um, full of energy and healthy as I am, I see no reason why it can't be pretty good. But your life hasn't been all plain sailing, has it? For instance, there was a time when you were well, a bit short of money. Short of money? How about broke? Yeah. Well, um, I, I, as I, I say in the book, um, at one point uh, when I was married to Ron Cass, we had six children. 
He had three from a previous marriage. We had, I had two from a previous marriage, and we had one between us. He wasn't working. Um, I was the breadwinner. And six children who were all under 12, all going to school, all with healthy appetites, all needing new shoes every sort of 10 minutes, and no money coming in. And contrary to what people believe, and this is again what I talk about in the, in the, in the book, um, actors, although they do often get paid huge amounts of money, as often as not they don't get paid huge amounts of money, but when they do, so much of that is taken straight off the top with managers, with um, business managers, with press agents, with uh, lawyers, with agents, that usually, if an act, say out of $100, an actor will be lucky to keep $20 out of $100. So therefore, and actors are not very good with money, I certainly am not, so therefore you make it, you spend it, and that's it. So if you're not working, uh, suddenly, you've got all these mouths to feed and the mortgage to be paid and the car payments to be paid. Yes, it's, um, everybody knows it. I mean, it's most people's lives. They all go through it, but I've certainly gone through it. I even went to the on the dole line. Do you want to write more? This is the eighth, my eighth published book, which in, um, the first one was 1978. That was my first autobiography, which is uh, much uh, skimpier than second act. Um, so that basically is eight books over a period of 18 years. I've got two books, another two that I wrote that are unpublished, the Random House ones. I certainly see myself writing more, yes, because I enjoy it very much. Um, what's your view of Random House now? Well, I wish they'd go away because I, they sued me, I won, and they're appealing. Um, which just means, uh, seems to me, it's just like, you know, you've lost, fellas, you've lost. Go away. I mean, pay me my money that you owe me, in all fairness, an 11-man jury decided that I was completely um, in the right. And um, it, it's just that they have got, they've got so much power, they've got so much money, they've got so much macho, chauvinistic people in their employ, men who still have the uh, old-fashioned attitudes towards women, can't bear to see women win. Can't bear to see women successful. I was talking to Joan Collins in London at the end of the last century. And before that, I was talking also in London to her little sister, Jackie. Jackie, when she was growing up in London, she went to Francis Holland's school and she was expelled when she was 15. Both sisters seemed to bask in the joy of notoriety but I actually think they're probably much nicer people than they let on. This is the Author Archive. I'm David Freeman. Join me for another one soon.